Vulnerability in itself is strength. It's a power. And really, I see it as a superpower because it really can make such a difference in a relationship. It's unbelievable. And even Brene Brown, back to 2012, said vulnerability is the birthplace of love, belonging, joy, courage, empathy, and creativity. And it is only through allowing yourself to be vulnerable that we can understand, feel empathy, forgive one another, and know that we are worthy of love and belonging. Welcome to the Life is a Healing Journey podcast by yours truly, Anushka, with a C. This podcast explores how you can create a true healthy lifestyle and live your life to the fullest in the face of any circumstance by healing and balancing your mind, body, spirit. If you are someone that's been dealing with disharmony in any area of your life and you are committed to seeking harmony, this podcast is for you. Let's start healing. Today's podcast is part two from last week's episode because vulnerability is essential and deserves two episodes. Besides, it is also truly mind and body. I myself sometimes struggle with it. I have had something recent come up where I'm like shocked. Now it's interesting because for some reason I was last week emotion, like very emotional. I think it's all the cosmic stuff happening and I don't know who knows what something that normally wouldn't really trigger me or triggered me <laughs> and what I love about that is because it allows me to still see what else is there to be healed right life is a healing journey Ta-da! and really it's about okay well yes this happened and yes there could the, you know, I, and I talked it out and I could see like, of course, something like this can be triggering, right? And of course, it's on me. It's like, well, what am I making this mean? I really had to go dig deeper and go deeper, unfold, 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 and see what really is the reason I got triggered by a certain situation, right? And I plan to have that conversation. It's definitely vulnerable for me. There's definitely a sensation of uncertainty, right? And I'm willing to do so. This is something that I truly believe is important when it comes to relationships, which I'll talk a little bit more about how I usually have been that way anyway. But it really is important when it comes to sharing your emotions. I'm a very direct person. And it's just something that I do personally. I'm very open to just seeing what's there for me. And sometimes it takes a little bit of time for me to release the ego, right? Um, because for me, it's about just making sure I come from a place of love and compassion. And of course, this is more so with those that I'm friends with. I don't technically always, I'm super direct, especially if I don't know people too well, right? I don't want to also be judged. See, there's this, right? I don't want to be judged as it's like, oh my God, she's so confrontational because <laughs> I've definitely been told that many times. 
which makes me a good coach, by the way. So I own it now. And I'm one of those that very much believes in having those conversations, right? Those very deep conversations with another. Also, it's a part of it because mm, we all have self-defense mechanisms, right? So people on a survival mode, right? So we've all heard of like fight, flight, freeze, right? Well, there's those, uh, there's those self-defense mechanisms and those exist on a psychological level too, like when you get triggered, for instance, right? So when someone gets triggered, there is typically an automatic self-defense mechanism that all of a sudden get gets triggered, I should say, that just goes off, right? And it's because it's triggers being in danger. And then it again comes about as like, oh, protection, protection, we're in danger. And the automatic comes out, whether it's fight, flight, or freeze. We all have it when we get triggered. Think about yours. What is the first thing that you do when you get triggered about something, right? Think about what that automatic is. And I've learned that most people have this one, have one that is their automatic reaction. It's just what they do automatically. And then there's a secondary one that gets, in a sense, triggered when the issue continues to linger and spiral, So if you're constantly spiraling on something, it hasn't been resolved, there's a secondary one that comes into play. That secondary one is based on different situations, right? It could be one or the other, could be the same as the first. It all depends. Mine, for instance, I'm very clear that mine is fight. So the very automatic thing that happens for me is I say something. If I'm triggered, something comes out of my mouth without any thought. And then next thing I know, I'm like, oh my gosh, I just said, I just said that. And that's how I realized because I used to think, oh, I have these outbursts. And as I've learned this, I realized, oh, it's because that's the automatic thing that comes out is just that from, from the aspect of fight protection, right? Now it's not actual fist, (laughs) fist pump, like, you know, using like punches and things, but it comes in the form of voicing whatever is there, literally without thought. I can't even describe it. It's like very undescribable. It, 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 I cannot, it's indescribable. It's just all of a sudden I say something and then I have to just look back and say, wow, I just said that. Thankfully, I've done a lot of work around this <laughs> and I'm able to at least do so in a not so aggressive way, let's just say. Um, and it, it comes across as like I say my thing and a lot of times I just laugh to kind of lighten the situation. Again, always working on things, right? To really get to a place to be able to even catch it before it comes out. Now, there are those that might automatically just go into a shutdown mode. They'll just freeze. And literally, not, they can't say anything. They just freeze in that whatever is happening, like nothing happens. It's just they're shut down. And then there are those that are just like, F this, I'm out. Like they just can't even do it. Like they just, they're out. They just don't even want to deal with it. They'll, they might even hang up on you or whatever it is if you're on the phone, right? The automatic. And then the secondary, right? So my secondary, if I'm continuously spiraling about something, immediately I think of, eh, I'm over that. Really, like, I don't want that relationship anymore. It's like, I'm done. Flight, right? Quit. I'm out of here. Don't want to deal with this. Why do I have to deal with this? I don't need to deal with this, right? So I don't typically go into freeze. I notice I might spiral a little bit 
And as soon as I start, and that spiraling too is like freeze where you're not doing anything about it. Me personally, as soon as the spiraling happens, I'm just like, I start thinking of why am I even in the, like, why do I even have this relationship? And I have to catch myself. I'm like, that's just the ego talking, right? Because it feels vulnerable. So again, it's because the ego wants to avoid vulnerability for protection, right? You're being emotionally exposed. So it's like, I'm being like, you feel ashamed if something happened or you feel taken advantage of or whatever that may look like. Every person is different, right? Some people, like I said, they shut themselves off from others completely and have no desire to feel connected. So that usually will happen. If if you get to the place, there are there are those that really don't care whatsoever. Now, it's very rare, right? Well, I don't know about rare, but those that do want to get connected with others, you're going to start sensing a type of self-defense mechanism. Now, the ones that don't care about how their actions and words impact others at all typically are either those narcissists or sociopaths, that they just don't care what, how or what impact they have on other people. That's a whole nother story, right? Vulnerability in itself is strength. It's a power. And really, I see it as a superpower because it really can make such a difference in a relationship. It's unbelievable. And even Brene Brown, back to 2012, said vulnerability is the birthplace of love, belonging, joy, courage, empathy, and creativity. And it is only through allowing yourself to be vulnerable that we can understand, feel empathy, forgive one another, and know that we are worthy of love and belonging. Emotional courage is sharing our feelings with those that are important to us. When you actually are courageous enough to do so, you are willing to accept your feelings and their feelings as valid and important rather than dismissing others. And being vulnerable allows us to create new ideas and really see fresh possibilities that could have possibly been blocked from our minds because when you're closed off and closed-minded, right? You don't see possibilities. You don't see any ideas. You're just spiraling. Your ego's taken over. We take the risk that our creations will be judged poorly or rejected. When you have these ideas and you take the risk, it could be. You never know. Remember the stock market. Always remember the analogy of investing in stocks. And of course, again, feeling inadequate or shame, right? However, you must risk the change of failure in order to have the chance of success. There's that again, it goes together, right? Yes, there's a chance you're going to fail when you do something new or when you start something new or when you have a conversation, whatever it is, there is a chance of failure. And you have to risk that in order to have a chance of success. It's like another analogy I always use is like when you go fishing, right? You have to throw that hook in with some bait in order to actually catch something. Otherwise, are you going to ever catch anything if you don't actually throw the hook in, right? I don't fish, so I don't know if I'm (laughs) saying it correctly. 
But really look at that. You got to throw it in to see if it actually catches. Otherwise, you're never going to catch anything. You're never going to succeed. And real vulnerability has a power to improve these close relationships, making them even closer, stronger, deeper. And as I said myself, because of how, in a sense, direct I've always been, <laughs> and it's interesting because even before um, before all this transformation, healing, when I was still living in the matrix, let's just say, I always had it within me to really express myself to all those, like my friends and those that I was close to. And really back then, because I had more anger and resentment, it would not come out of my mouth with love and compassion. It would just not come from there, unfortunately. And of course, at times I would build up and build up to the point that I would express myself with that anger and aggressiveness constantly pointing those fingers, right? And think about it. Whenever you're pointing and blaming someone else, right? One finger pointed to you, someone else is three fingers pointed back at you. So think about that. Always look at it from where can I take responsibility? I definitely did not communicate consciously. It was not from a conscious place at all. It was, <laughs> it was more like the outburst that I used to have, as I mentioned, However, I did always express myself to my friends when I was disappointed at something they had done, or even when I was angry, we would fight it out. Both sides would <laughs> express, I, wouldn't, I don't even want to express themselves because it was not conscious at all. It was like as if the egos, the inner childs were just battling it out, just yelling. And sometimes it was just emails back and forth with all the capitals, right? And we would, thankfully, a lot of times, for the most part, we would get into get to a place of agreement. And after, after the fact, we'd actually become much closer friends. Probably the reason so many saw me as their best friends. Like when I was younger in my twenties, I had a lot of friends that I called best friends too. Right? I had lots of best friends and they all considered me their best friend as well because of just this willingness that I had to have these uncomfortable conversations that most didn't. And even sometimes became the middleman middle woman, <laughs> the middle woman of friends that had, were holding on to things, right? Definitely. I watched with doing that too, because that can backfire just so you know. Um, it, but it's just something that I always wanted everyone to get along. Right. And I just knew that not everybody is able to have these uncomfortable conversations. So I just wanted them to fix it. <laughs> Whereas now I do, I still sometimes might get in the middle here and there, if only I'm not, that close and do so in a way from a place of love and compassion just to get the relationship to a place where they can communicate on their own, of course, because not my responsibility. I would take a lot more responsibility back then. And of course, I'm sure, like I remember there were definitely some relationships that I lost, but really I can't, I can't actually think of anyone. Actually, no, I do remember one that really does come to mind. Um, there were those that like came back several years later. Eh, there's a couple that comes to mind. Uh, everybody, I'm like, at this point, I feel so cordial with people, even people that are not in my life. Like I don't have anything for them. I always say release with love because sometimes you just outgrow your own self that was in alignment with these relationships. 
right? It's, it's not even outgrowing people. It's like you outgrow the old person that was in alignment with the relationships you had back then. It's just how it is. And that's okay too, right? When you allow yourself to be vulnerable, you can actually see these things because you're allowing yourself to feel the emotions and express it. And so I do recall I had some friends that would come back years later and actually take responsibility in their behavior towards me, which then, of course, I've forgiven any person in my past um, that had I've had such like little tiffs with. But I was I was really always that friend that was overly giving, like always giving, giving over and beyond putting myself last. Like this was huge. This was, it's crazy because when I see it now, as much as I still am very much giving, I'm very much self first. So of course I can see why everybody can see me as a best friend that I was close with. And now looking back after doing all this transformation and healing work, I realize it's because that I was really being this person and because I was like, as if I was seeking that from others, right? I realized I was just being this person that I wanted others to be for me, which created what, what do you think? These really high unspoken expectations, unspoken being the key, unspoken being that there was no agreement with the other person. So I didn't actually have these spoken expectations, yet I would pour my heart out and subconsciously have this expectation that those friends have to be the same way. They should be how I am, should, right? So of course, there are these high standards with these unspoken expectations. And when I would do all these things for others, it was almost like in order for them to do the same for me, because that's what I wanted. That's what I was seeking, so I was that. I was I was doing what I wanted, <laughs> what I desired from others. And guess what happens when you have these unspoken expectations? Tons of disappointment, hurt, feelings of betrayal, being taken advantage of. And this wasn't just for friends. I mean, of course, there was family, romantic partners. I was completely aware that I was doing all of this to save people. It was as if I wanted to like be the savior right? Yet it was the case because I was seeking value for myself, within myself. I had insecurities back then, right? And this was a way for me to say, oh, look at me. I'm such an amazing friend. I would do anything for my friends or my family or partners or whatever, right? Again, not to say that I'm not that way now. I still go over and beyond for my loved ones. And I do so based on intuition. And I do so based on if there, I feel there's a balance between me and the other person. Because I now know I am an amazing friend. And because of it, I'm so intentional about those that I consider my people, my tribe. I'm very intentional about it. Whether it comes to working relationships or anything in life, mastering compartmentalizing will have you grow and evolve exponentially. Allowing yourself to really be intentional and have clear boundaries in a sense. When you categorize your life, you can stay focused 
and be present to really move forward towards your future vision and future self. This is key when it comes to your emotions, especially for those of you that are empaths. Being an empath can be a curse or a gift. And for me, it used to be a curse because there's a fine line between pushing yourself and overdoing it. And that fine line is your intuition. And I was overdoing it without listening to my intuition. I was just doing it to give value for myself, feel valuable as a person. And now I do compartmentalize the people in my life. Might sound a little crazy. And this is something that I truly believe works the best for me. It allows me to not be very strict or anything. It's not that I compartmentalize them and I treat you differently. It's I'm still very loving. And I don't have this huge circle like I did in my 20s. My tw- The 20s version of me was like this massive, huge circle, 50 plus deep that we'd regularly party together and go out together and go to cabins together. And I was always a planner, <laughs> right? Of course, I enjoyed it. And it wasn't like something that I would say I would do now. I still do. Trust me. I plan things. I don't do it for every single person, 50 plus deep, right? I'm very particular. And I have categories for those that are in my life. And I've set different expectations within each of these categories. For instance, inner circle, those who I have the most vulnerable of conversations with, that I'm comfortable to be emotionally exposed with, sharing the deepest of feelings. And the exchange of energy between the two of us is completely balanced, where it feels balanced. There's no tracking of who's giving and who's receiving and trying to figure out tit for tat, right? All of that, because it just feels balanced. There is no need to keep track of who does what. And that doesn't mean equal either, by the way. Like, it's not about the amount of money you spend on one another. It has to equal the same. No, it doesn't look like that. Or that you pay for dinner once and therefore I have to pay for dinner the next time. It's really more so an energetic balance where you feel that maybe one of you, for instance, like you have friends where one does a lot better financially than the other one. That doesn't mean that the other person has to financially be equal in terms of spending money on another person, right? It's more of that energy exchange where maybe one does spend more, but yet the other one does acts of service or whatever that may look like between each person, right? Whatever it is where you feel there is a balance between the two of you. I also see this as uh, those in my inner circle, I know I will always have their backs no matter what. I would literally drop anything that I'm doing if they're in need. And I know they would do the same for me. That's who I really truly believe is in my inner circle. And even those that I could talk to for hours on the phone and literally daily, right? So those are the ones I fully trust in every way. And I'm actually able to be all myself give my entire heart out without feeling that, oh, there may be a chance that there's going to be an imbalance, right? Because that has already been discovered for me. And of course, I do have higher expectations of those that are in my inner circle. 
that is something that I also express. It's not something that it's unspoken. It's very spoken. I have spoken high expectations because I believe that that's the whole purpose of having these people in your life that you feel that close with, right? And then there's the outer circle. Those that you're still close with, right? I have a ton of people that are in my outer circle and I'm close with them. And it's not that I'm not, and it's not that I wouldn't be myself with them or giving as well. Definitely still do all that where it's people that we hang out and go to dinner together and enjoy going partying together and occasionally still have those deep vulnerable conversations and getting more connected. So all of that is still there. Typically with my, these friends of mine, I typically am more on a texting basis. Uh, sometimes we have conversations here and there. And I always am open to, of course, allowing people to flow through all the circles too, by the way. It's not about inner circle is just this strict, hard, way no one can get in. And I definitely, it's not that way at all. It really is moment by moment, relationship by relationship. That's how it works. So it, it it's really based on how you flow with one another, right? And if you have this feeling that there is some resentment of you constantly feeling like you're doing more than the other, then that's when you want to take a look and see, hmm, what category do I want to put this relationship in? It makes it easier for you too to really see who am I going to be sharing my deepest, darkest secrets and all full vulnerability with, right? Versus those that may not be on that same vibrational match in a sense to really get you. And that's okay. Everybody is different. And I have great friends that are in my outer circle as well that I don't share all the things with because they just might not get it. And I'm okay with that, right? And then I also have acquaintances. So this is the outermost circle. So it's like inner circle, outer circle, and furthest out, right? And most others fall under this. Even for me, like people that I meet and will have like, like it's a stranger, but I don't really see as people as strangers because as soon as I feel like a lot of times I connect with people, um, a lot of times you never know, you might form some kind of a relationship. <clears throat> Excuse me. And this for me is, again, because I allow these boundaries to not be these hard boundaries. I allow people to just flow based on where things are. I'm always open to allowing people to flow in and out of each category. There are times where I've had people that I thought were inner circle and, not, and then I've realized, oh, you know, maybe not. Maybe this person actually is more outer circle. Not something I go and tell anybody, right? This is all just for me. For me to be able to create something that allows me to be who I am and not overextend myself with those that I don't feel imbalanced with. And of course, depending on how I feel about each relationship in each moment, that's how things shift, right? It's not based on past experiences either. So if you've had someone in your life where, for instance, was the, you know, your best friend for life and all the things, and then you start again, like the outgrowing part, right? You outgrow the old version of you. And so it no longer seems to be that's the case anymore. 
doesn't mean that they have to be completely out of your life. Maybe they're just no longer an inner circle. Maybe they're more in the outer circle, right? I've had those kinds of relationships as well. And that's perfectly fine when you can actually see these categories rather than thinking everybody has to fall into one big category. And that also includes whether they're blood or not. So that's a tough one because people get very emotionally attached. Whereas I've had to do a lot of work to really just see things as they are. A relationship is a relationship, blood or not, right? And for me, I have like my chosen sister, I always say, right? We're not blood, yet I know we would do anything for one another, like truly like sisters. And I haven't even known her as long as I've known like, a lot of others, right? Because time is meaningless. It truly is. Time and space is made up, right? So it could be that, so I, I met her when I was 21, actually, right before I turned 21. And like, we had went to college together and all these things, right? So it's not like I've known her since childhood, where some people I have known since childhood. And that doesn't necessarily mean that just because you've known someone, the longest that person's going to have to be, have, have to, the key, have to be in your life for all your life. It sometimes doesn't work out that way. And again, it's okay. It's really about the connection between two people. And some people that I'm actually the closest with now, I've only known for a couple of years, maybe two, three years, right? So it really does take something for me to allow people in my inner circle, because as I mentioned, I, I have those higher expectations for those that are in my, in my inner circle, because I'm willing to go above and beyond for them. So yes, I have the expectation of those that are considered in my inner circle to also go above and beyond for me. Otherwise, outer circle it is, and that's totally fine, right? I am very aware, this is my protection mechanism too, by the way, of being fully vulnerable and fully emotionally exposed because yes, of course, there's some healing to be done there, right? And we all have that because life is a healing journey. So I do recognize that this is just me protecting myself because of past experiences. Uh, and I'm okay with that right now. Maybe down the road, things will change and I will make some change. Uh, I will do some healing work around all this. But for me, as of now, it's I just accept people as they are and as they are not, because that's the key. A lot of times we have this expectation of people to be a certain way and they're just not that way. They are the way they are. It's not everybody loves the same. We are, we all have to like look at it that way. It's, I'm, I, you know, I'm very well aware that not everyone is able to love on the same level. And that's where a lot of times people tend to have uh, or get disappointed because they think this is how I love, right? There's a thing about love languages too, right? So this is how I love. And if this person isn't doing the things that I would do, then they don't love me or they don't love me as much as I love them. And so it becomes this whole comparison and again, unspoken expectations and desires, right? Because the key really to all of this is one, emotionally exposing yourself and being vulnerable. And two, recognizing that not everyone's going to love on your level. Maybe some are going to love a lot more than you or are able to, capable of loving more. Some people are not as capable, 
it's just each person is very different. So for me personally, I am really conscious about who I'm fully vulnerable with because of this and who I let in. And I don't, again, share myself fully. All of it, though, is based on my intuition. Like, I mean, there are times I play volleyball where I'm very clear not to, I'm very open, by the way. I share everything very, very openly. And uh, there are those that something inside of me is like, ah, you don't need to share this. And I, I just won't with a particular person or two, just because of something intuitively is like, nope, not not this person. And again, follow your intuition more, more than anything. And this is why I do coach my clients to master this because not everyone is going to be the same level as you ever, right? They, that's really tough to find in all the ways. You can find someone that's like super close to your level of like vulnerably sharing yourself, loving and all that. But at the end, you're, you are unique. We're all unique. And so therefore, the way we love is unique. The way we express ourselves is unique. And that's what we have to accept, except that no one is going to be like us. And generally, another thing here, generally, emotional vulnerability is different for men than it is for women. Typically, it's more difficult for men to be vulnerable than women. And it's mainly due to the social, like the, all the social and cultural expectations of these genders and and just how things have been. And nowadays, thankfully, men are being more encouraged to express themselves nowadays rather than suppress and repress, right? So this is something I am definitely grateful for because of how things were in the past, or right? man up, don't cry, and all that thing, all that that I spoke about already. And nowadays, it's more about really do express yourself and allow yourself to release these emotions. And more than anything, it's I see it more as a the energy aspect of it. I know this is again vulner vulnerability is like mind body spirit. Really, it could probably have been like a three part episode here. But really, when you look at this, it's like we have feminine energy and we all have masculine energy all of it. It's not really about gender. It's really about the energy. There are women out there that have more masculine energy than feminine energy. And then there are men out there that have more feminine energy than masculine energy. So it all varies. The key, of course, is to balance that as much as possible. A mentor of mine one time pointed out something that just stuck with me ever since. And it's really, it was interesting because now I really notice it when I talk to people and it's been really easy to distinguish which energy is more dominant in each person, male or female, right? Whether it's a feminine energy or masculine energy. He said to pay attention to the pitch of a person's voice. Again, male or female, right? And if they have more of a higher pitched, soft voice, then they have more feminine energy. And if they have more of a deeper, lower voice, then they have a masculine energy. So it's really interesting because a lot of those that I have seen in the in the energy world, right, in the conscious community that are men, they all have more of like a softer, like a higher pitched voice 
versus those that are in sales, for instance, a lot of times will have like a much deeper voice. So just take a look at that. That's something that I've noticed. And like my husband, Ashkan, like he definitely, he has like a very deep, strong, manly voice. And he definitely has a lot more masculine energy. Of course, there's always feminine energy, right? And for myself, what I notice is in depending on what I'm doing, like right now, I feel like my voice is a lot like a higher pitch. It's uh, softer, right? But I notice, like when I play volleyball, for those of you that have played volleyball with me, I definitely have a much deeper, louder voice. I curse, I yell and all the things. I see it as anger release, right? So that's, that's what I do. And it changes just based on what I'm doing. And I'm curious to see if other people have that experience as well, right? But that's really a really interesting way to be able to tell where people are in terms of feminine and masculine energy. And those that are more masculine energy are going to have a bit of a tougher time of emotionally expressing themselves and exposing themselves and being vulnerable. And I would just invite you to take a chance, take a chance and see where it takes you to just say what's on your mind, speak your truth and really not hold on to anything because holding on to things creates that resentment, right? Ideally, those that do have these two masculine, the feminine and masculine energies balance tend to be healthier and balanced as a whole, really, right? Based on the dominant energy, again, vulnerability will vary. So be you and allow others to be them, accepting yourself as you are and as you are not. This is key, really, to fully self-love, like fully loving yourself unconditionally. Of course, while taking the risk to express your truth with love and compassion, because when you do that, that's going to have you grow and evolve to a whole nother level, as well as, of course, accepting others as they are and as they are not, while holding the space for your people to share vulnerability in their own time, not forcing them to or pushing them to share when they're not ready. That is just going to create more and more protection and self-defense mechanisms. And that fight, flight, freeze might get triggered, right? So just be aware of just allowing people to process and heal and unfold and express themselves on their own time. Some people process a lot slower than others, right? I process like this. I want things like resolved. As I said, I want it resolved like now. And other people need time to really process through things. So it's just a matter of meeting people where they're at. And allowing that for your own sake and your relationships. So embrace your own vulnerability and of those you love. Be open to sharing what you feel and taking those risks. When your intuition tells you that the risk is well worth it. Now for the practice area to integrate into your life. Journal about anything you're holding on to. For each person in your life, or maybe people in your past life that still come up and you still have triggers around, just journal about each. Is this relationship important to you? 
Are you holding back your love from that person? Have you changed your behavior towards that person? And then connect to your true higher self underneath the ego, underneath the pride, and all the low-vibing emotions. Do you miss the loving relationship you once had? What are you holding back from saying vulnerably to each of those relationships? And how can you express this from a place of love and compassion? Or is there anything to even express? Is it something with yourself that requires your forgiveness of you? Subscribe to not miss next week's episode. Focus on the spirit. Thank you for listening to Life is a Healing Journey podcast. You are here to peel and heal one layer at a time, to live your life to the fullest in the face of any circumstance while embracing a life filled with love, joy, and peace. If you are in disharmony in any area of your life and truly desire to be in harmony and committed to elevating your health and well-being, I'm one click away. Find me at healingwithanushka.com. And remember, that's Anushka with a C. And if you like what you heard, please subscribe and share this podcast with your loved ones. Get your healing on. Until next time.